Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast for gamers by gamers. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, at CS Radical, and Chris, at Gin and Chris. This week, with everything that's been going on with Xbox and Place... Oh, look at you all fancy doing the little head nod there. I'm laughing everything... now at Adam's freaking thumb. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. It's just so slow. Yeah, so this week, with everything that's going on with Xbox revealing uh, or addressing the rumors that's been going on about what they're offering, PlayStation coming out and saying that they're cutting or there's going to be no major um, like exclusives or ma- major sequels to IP, major IP... I thought we'd ask the question of how is Gen 9 shaping up and what's its legacy going to be? If you like that, we host and post a podcast every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, by searching for Pixel Play Podcast on the YouTubes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also join us at linktr.ee forward slash Pixel Play Podcast, where we've got our Discord channels, our Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. You can check it out, join us there, have a conversation. We'd love to have you there. With that being said, gentlemen, do I need to ask what have you guys been playing this week? We're all playing the same thing, aren't we? We're yeah, I thought we divers. were all playing Yakuza. We're... <laughs> <laughs> I actually fin- finished a game that wasn't what we've all been playing, which oddly enough, I did Adam this time. Yeah, it's all the extra time. It's just so much free time and free money. Like, oh, just it's it's so, it's so nice <laughs> to just finish a shift at work and go, oh, I can just turn my console on now. It's great. <laughs> made choices not saying i regret them but i made choices you did make choices yeah <laughs> yeah so all right so aside from hell divers which we'll talk about in our side quest on friday um check us out on youtube if you want to see us a little bit of extra bonus content for our side quest where we're going to talk about hell divers the server problems and just basically gush for hell divers for 15 to 20 minutes but what have you guys been playing besides hell divers adam yeah what have you been playing <laughs> i knew it I was just waiting for him to say it. (laughs) I wish I could say I'm doing anything else, but I'm trying so hard to finish this fucking game before 7 comes out so I can now spend another month on another JRPG. So that's what I sound like every week. (laughs) It's the Kalen effect. No. (laughs) Look, it's it's just like the entire length of of the next 30 days has been Yakuza. And when that's done, it'll be Final Fantasy 7 for the next 30 days. And when that's done, it'll probably be Persona 3 Reload for 30 days. And then it'll probably be Grand Blue Fantasy Relink for 30 days. And then uh, by then, AU8 and Chronicle 100 Heroes will be out. So there's another JRPG for 30 days. And then maybe at some point, I'll be able to get into Skull and Bones or maybe anything else. <laughs> oh, my God. I just bones. realized... I just realized what I sound like when I talk to my wife about video games because the only thing I understood was Skull and Bones. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and she's Good. like, yes, yes, That's yes, how we know who YouTube. the real king is. <laughs> You're the Skull and Bones king? <laughs> you can have that title, Adam. I don't want it. I mean, to be fair, I don't really want to be the Pirate King because I'm not a big One Piece fan, so... Uh, I've never even seen an episode. And no, I'm I'm not not There's now. more than a thousand, and I went, yeah, no thank you. <laughs> Chris, what uh, about you? What, you said you beat a game that wasn't Helldivers? I started a game because of Adam, and I beat him to the end. I have finished Midnight Suns. Now, do I have probably 25% of the hours that Adam has in it? Yes, I, I probably do, because I beat it at like 52 hours, I think, was the total playtime, and I had very little like idle time. That was actually me playing a couple hours every day here and there for the last month. Um, holy hell, I love that game so much. I don't have anything like new to say about it. It's 
I mean, so much fun. You can go in for half an hour, do a mission, maybe two, and then get back out. But then go back in and then spend six hours doing missions, optimizing, trading in cards for your characters, upgrading them, all this really cool stuff. And not only that, the story's actually decent. Um, for somebody who actually has a little bit of Marvel burnout, uh, like MCU specifically, obviously, um, this was really nice because this felt like completely its own separate thing. It felt more like the actual comics or maybe like the cartoons even of like these characters versus like the very realistic, like cinematic universe versions of these characters. Like it had that cartoony feel and stuff like that. I loved it. Like it was just so much fun. I got to pick all my favorite characters, play with them, get them like maxed out ish and all that kind of stuff. The story was cool. It was very, it's very like magic and dark and all that kind of stuff as, as we've already said. Um, and yeah, like the story was really interesting, cool, different than everything else that's going on. So even if you have Marvel burnout, this game is great. Um, the only thing that was very common is it had like a post credit scene, <laughs> which was pretty cool uh, to get you like hyped for a second game, obviously. Um, but other than that, like just its own cool thing, like it was so nineties. I loved it. Um, yeah. Well, and it, go, and it goes to show too, how, like, again, like, cause we talked about it with other franchises where it's like, why is it the same three types of games? Like star Wars, for example, is basically the same three types of games over and over again. Whereas Marvel, obviously Avengers failed for its own specific reasons, but like most Marvel games that we can think of are like third person brawlers or something like that. Whereas this game was like, why don't we just do something that no one would expect? And XCOM, the Marvel game didn't, was like pretty far out there when it was even first announced. I went, this may suck, but good Lord, am I interested in seeing what that's going to do. And now in playing it, I'm like, I'm so glad that they took a crack at that because having fresh eyes on something that you don't normally get to play very often was like, holy crap, why can't we have more people take a license and do something weird with it? Yeah. yeah, it was weird, but in a really good way. And you'd have like some characters, obviously, like Iron Man and stuff like that, Doctor Strange that you're used to seeing, but they weren't the only main characters there. And there was the actual like Midnight Suns. Which I have become was... a Nico Minoru fan oh, because yeah. of this game. Nico was one of my characters that I used the most. I think she had the, the highest stats next to the actual main character, the hunter, whatever they're called. Um, but yeah, like Nico is amazing. And then even Magic was pretty cool. I didn't really use her, but it was cool to have her there. Um, and then Blade and Ghost Rider, who I used all the time. Blade and Nico were basically my two characters I took everywhere. And they're like not as common, right? They're not the like, oh, I'll just get like Iron Man and Captain America and I'll go and, you know, do my battles. Yeah, most it, of them are the people I never touched. Never touched. Yeah, I would only use them when I was forced to because a story mission required one specific character. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved this game. It was different. It was Marvel, but not the Marvel you're used to, or at least not the current Marvel. Um, and it was weird, but in an amazing way. And it went in a really cool direction. And I really do hope they make a sequel. I don't know how much financially well this game did. It deserves it. If it did, it really does deserve it. It's just hard because like when it released, it was like right before the onslaught of 2023. Uh, so it's hard to stand out in that times anyway. So I hope. And it was also, I'm pretty sure Avengers might have screwed it a little bit because yeah, the, I think the, so too. the, uh, the interest in Marvel games at that point was not at a great spot. No, no. So I hope that if people did play this and it kind of reminded them like, okay, never mind, you can 
do other Marvel things, and this is a completely separate thing from that stupid, horrible Avengers game <laughs> that came out, right? I mean, at least critically it did well. Like, I just looked at Metacritic for curiosity. It's averaging at an 83. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, Considering oh, I think... if I pull up the game, it is at a 67 for Avengers. So, yeah, I think a bit of, did a bit of an improvement. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just going off what Adam said, what you guys have kind of been talking about, just kind of, you know, going and taking the MC or taking IPs in different properties like they did with XCOM. I, I think if anyone wants a freebie, I got one out for you. Call it MCU and Me, the Marvel dating sim. There we go. Send it off to Japan. It'll just get eaten up. You know, like you say that, but like we've had the KFC dating sim. Dead by Daylight did a dating sim. Like you're onto something. I don't. I don't think it would be that uncommon. I mean, I think the title you don't even have to take just MCU and Me. Like yeah. That is a good time. Although I think I have the best idea for Chris because it goes back to an old joke that we've always had with Chris. Uh, uh -oh. How about Cosmo in the new Nintendogs? Oh, God. Nintendogs. It always fucking comes back. Kaylin, I hate this game. I hate Nintendogs. It drives me <laughs> mad. I don't get it. It's such I a don't. good joke. It's from a podcast that Chris and I did together way before this show. <laughs> That's how old this joke spans. From. That was that was a practice podcast. <laughs> that was practice. Yeah, it was practice. All right. <laughs> but the Nintendogs hate will always remain. If anybody so what, likes Nintendogs, I don't understand why. So what I'm what I'm taking the big takeaway is Chris hates dogs. Got it noted. No, no, love dogs. Real dogs are great. Because like a I, dog I tap with a stylus. No, why? I don't am think I you tap any dog. Don't tap any dogs with the stylus. That's probably your problem. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, to be honest though, game. Chris, like some sort of like a building simulator game of like nowhere with like the Guardians oh, yeah. would be actually kind of an interesting game. I know you'd be super into that. And yeah. then, of course, if I want to appease Kalen, I don't know, we can do some sort of splitter cell game, but it's like Hawkeye when he's Ronin trying to take out a bunch of, like, Yakuza oh, gangs and God, shit. That'd be good. So I can See, still sneak the Yakuza cool. in there on him. Oh, Hawkeye stealth game? Give it to Ubisoft. They could uh, use that instead of, like, a splinter cell game. We don't need any more of those. You could just do Hawkeye. Black right, Widow we're, game. We're done here. We're done yeah, here. Hawkeye and Black we're Widow. Done here. There you go. We're done here. Um, <laughs> Poor Caitlin. Yeah, for me this week, I... I been pretty much like with the limited time I have, I uh, jumped into Helldivers. Damn it, PlayStation, you got me. I, I had to redeem a coupon, a code for 12 months of PlayStation Plus so I could play it, and you, you got me. But I mean, other than that, really, I was... did Sony get you or did we get you? And then in turn, Sony gets you. <laughs> mm, I don't know. It kind of went both ways. But um, <laughs> the other one I was kind of playing, but it's kind of fallen off the radar, is Hi Fi Rush. Um, I am now like track four so i'm about a third of the way through the game i don't know it's like the polish is starting to fall off of it a little bit like i got to the point where you have to start doing parries and stuff and i don't like those i think it kind of ruins the flow of the game like it is a rhythm game i get it but you get to these points where it's basically a quick time event and if you fail like too bad like you do not move forward and i just it really stops the flow of the game um there's like some security bots and stuff that you have to do and i just it ruins the whole pace of the game i think like it gets like this basically this wall that you have to get past it's not that it's hard or anything like that but it's just i don't like the parrying system and i find it's using it a lot now and so like gameplay wise it's not it's not terrible but I, like it's starting to already overstay its welcome a little bit and like mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm a third of the way through the game. The game is hilarious. Like it is aesthetically amazing. It is a hilarious game. I love the characters, but I don't know. The gameplay loop and the and the gameplay is very shallow and it's starting to like 
I'm starting to get hit with like waves every once in a while that just kind of stop the fun I'm having. So I don't know if that was the experience you guys had with it. If that sh- if like it's going to get better, but I was getting to the point where I'm like, I'm not having fun. And PlayStation's like, hey, where are you going? Come back here. I've got Helldivers. And I'm like, OK, so. I mean, with me, it was, I guess, because it's such a lighthearted thing and I was just vibing to the music. So, again, rhythm games were also like my super jam. So I was pretty OK. I've with seen that. you play Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So like. <laughs> I d- there might have been like a moment where the- there was like oh it's just another wave but like it was never really to the point that I think that you know I'm where you ever got to where it was just starting to be like eh, I don't know about this Mio was just like yeah this is still awesome and then a boss battle would come up and I'm like yep that's that's fucking amazing and then we're good again uh how far are you have you gotten to uh, Corsica's fight yet uh no so I uh fought Zanzo and like beat him and stuff and that's kind of where it started hitting the the, uh, the epitome of jojo characters pretty much yeah um and that's the problem like i I got to the point where like i was playing it and then every once in a while like i'd get to these checkpoints where you have to do timings and i'd get killed and have to go back to the checkpoint and they're not skippable like the cutscenes in between are not skippable and you'd have to start the whole checkpoint all over again to get to that one quick time event if you didn't get it you'd have to start all over again and i just it killed the flow for me i just get better quick time events come on Let's go. That's the, that's the problem. So anyways, yeah. Otherwise, Helldivers, it's amazing. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, Helldivers cannot sing it enough. I love that game. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll have a lot to say. Speaking of Hi-Fi Rush, one of the things that we had this week is we basically we we learned a lot and, and got a lot of uh, things clarified from both PlayStation and Xbox this last week. Um, we're not going to talk about each one individually. I feel like those have been talked to death by pundits who are much smarter than us. But uh, to give you the long and short, basically Xbox came out saying, hey, we are still going to be launching some hardware. We're still in that game. They're bringing four games to PlayStation. Uh, Two of them are IP that they think have some growth and two of them are community games. I think the rumor or the speculation is that it is um, Hi-Fi Rush is one. The other one is Grounded, Sea of Thieves, and I think it's Pantomime is the other one. Pentiment. What the hell is Pentiment? I never even knew what this is. It uh, looks like an indie game, but it's made by, I want to say Bethesda developers or a Bethesda okay. developer. Is that the I mean, one where it looks obsidian. like an old, like 10th, 10th century, like yes. painting? Oh my yes. God, really? That's the one they think is going to have some legs? I think that's the one they're just like, this won't hurt the Xbox by no, putting it on other it's, things. because it's like, it wasn't a, like an indie style game that Obsidian's putting out. It's not like, I think their first obsidian. test run is like, hey, let's put a bunch of... Uh, of smaller stuff and then see if these is like our big potential, you know, cash cow, yeah. which to be honest, uh, good luck trying to get overthrow people with hell divers right now. But you know, I'm sure there's a couple of people that would rather be a pirate than a bug hunter, but Hey, now the, now the question is, is this part of uh PlayStation's like 12 live service games that they promised us or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if it takes like some like of the load <laughs> off of all the other properties, they were, they would potentially be ruining. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, so the, those games are coming. Game Pass is staying on PlayStation or on Xbox. It's not coming to PlayStation. Uh, so really, Xbox a little underwhelming. Uh, and then the news from the Sony camp is not much better. So Sony came out with their um, fiscal 2023 information and sort of forecasting for 2024. The big news out of that is that they are planning no major new installments for existing major IP. That is not to say that there is not any major like major games coming, but it is not going to be for existing IP like God of War or Horizon or anything like that. 
Um, they're still losing money on the PlayStation. They're having a hard time bringing it down in price because, well, I don't know if you've looked outside or been to a store lately. Everything has gone up in price, including the cost and materials for making a PlayStation. So they're forecasting they're going to have some losses on their side in terms of cost of PlayStation 5 manufacturing and sales, as well as first party development, but are hoping to make that up in uh, third party major releases. And they are sticking to their... Um, yeah excuse me, gross to say, live service games. So with that all being said, I kind of feel like we covered all of the essential news that came out this week. But what that brought me to is one of the things that PlayStation said was that we are in sort of the last, like later stages of the PlayStation 5 or in like the last, the latter half of PlayStation 5. And so with everything we've heard from Xbox, everything that we've heard from PlayStation, the question I want to throw to you guys and we could talk about this week is what is the legacy or how how are we going to kind of view gen 9 in a whole like once everything is said and done if we're halfway through how are you guys feeling about gen 9 how do you think overall it's been doing and and what do you think it's going to look like when it finishes it's a tough question to answer right because i mean we've said it many times in the early parts of the show when we were talking about how like quiet things were for such Mm -hmm. a long time it's hard to really rate how this generation is because, to be completely honest, two of these years were almost devoid of games because, well, the fucking planet shut down. So, you know, if we take, like, the average lifespan of a console being six years and we're already over over three years because I think it's November 2020 that the PS5, if we just take that as the example, came out, we're right. already over three years. So if we're using that six-year lifespan, we're getting already pretty close. We're looking at 2027 pretty much at this point for the next generation if that holds like right now like if you put you know the gun to my head i'd be like it's been great like but this year is really what's carried most of it so it's it's now at that point where we're like okay well if the rest of the generation ends up being a lot more like this year where it's a lot more consistent run of games i think we'll look about it more fondly then right now it's like 2023 is literally doing all the heavy lifting because beside that a lot of it's like the sprinkling of dust of of really good games, and that's been about it. So, like, I don't know. Like, if you asked me to compare it against last generation, I would still take last generation, but that generation was just just absolute killer for a lot of games at that time, especially in the tail end. So it's it's kind of really got some work to do, and you'll have to see in the next three, maybe four years, you know, what that looks like. But as of right now, like, it's on a path to get better, it's just, you know, can it make up the ground that was lost from basically two years of almost nothing? Yeah. yeah. Chris, that's what do you a, think? That's a very good point about the pandemic. I always forget that existed, um, which is so weird to say. I mean, um, it's so so small and nothing really happened. Yeah. It's, give me a, yeah, it's give so me a footnote in history at best. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard. Like when I think of the actual like console itself, if I throw in all the third party releases and stuff like that, I still think I look on the generation fondly. Um, and I'm sticking mostly with like Xbox and PlayStation, of course, because Nintendo's Switch, still in Gen 8. Yeah, like it's it came out in 20, what, 17? And it's yeah. still going. Like obviously, I feel like that system has definitely ramped it up. Like if you were to look at the Switch, it's had like a really good lineup for a little while now. Um, and I probably just had a very weak start. Uh, but looking just at the Xbox and the PlayStation, it, if I'm looking at third party, I don't mind. The generation, I think, is great. Yes, last year was doing 
almost all the heavy lifting. Like that is just like the craziest best year. But a lot of it was third party. Like there was a game obviously from PlayStation. We had Spider-Man. Um, Xbox tried. Obviously they had Starfield, which I like Starfield. Like I thought it was mm-hmm. a good game, but it wasn't the like, I'm going to remember this generation because of Starfield. That's for sure. Um, Redfall was just flat on its face. Halo Infinite kind of came and went. I don't think anybody really talks about it that much. Um, so there's been some good ones, like the Forza Horizon 5, like those kind of games from Xbox's side. But first party-wise, like when I realize that we're now over halfway, say say it is a six-year thing, and we're now over the halfway mark, it does feel a little underwhelming for each specific console individually. Like PlayStation, I can name up like probably four or five games off the top of my head that are the first party ones. We've got now Helldivers. We've got Spider-Man 2. We've got God of War 2 or whatever you want to, or Ragnarok. Um, the new Forbidden West, the Horizon game. Um, and I'm probably missing one. I'd probably throw like Astro Bot in there. Maybe, I don't know. That was cute. That was yeah, fun. Like, but the thing like, is too, we got to keep in mind, we got to make sure we're not counting like the, all the many remakes and remasters that have come in, right? Yes. Because I feel like that's what a lot of this generation has been like remaster remake remaster remake um and it's like well that's cool but like i've already played that and that's not i'm not going to remember this generation because of the last of us part one remake versus when the last of us came out and people were like oh my god what how do you like end the ps3 on that note that's crazy um so and and again xbox like Sure, they had a new Halo game, but that was, you know, whatever. It was fun. I played it, but it's not overly memorable where I'm going back. And I got, like, a Forza Horizon game, and I don't know. I can't even really remember what else. Like, I obviously, they've got their other stuff. There's Psychonauts 2 and stuff like this. But, again, I don't really see anything as being, like, a crazy, like, generational just I'll never forget this generation because of this. I've probably got... Forza Horizon 5 and Hi-Fi Rush. Like, those are probably the two games for Xbox that actually are memorable to me because I wasn't expecting them um, in the way that that I I usually am with other IPs. It's just, like, it feels like First Party was not as intense as normal. Like, it definitely is a lot more quiet. And if it stays this quiet, I think that this generation is going to feel... Not, I don't want to say a letdown because I use my PS5 all the time. I use my Xbox all the time, but that means my PS5 is like my third-party AAA single-player or whatever games. And then my Xbox is just this subscription service that I will fondly remember for Gen 9. As like, I can't believe that was the generation that Game Pass did this. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be that kind of stuff versus like, oh, what Xbox did or what PlayStation did. Yeah, it almost feels like this generation is going to be the quantity generation, whereas like the last generation is going to be a lot more in towards the quality. Because like, even if we take like, for example, like I'm looking at Metacritic right now. If I take anything from last generation, let's just take the biggest ones that are on the list and it's just whatever the meta score is. So, you know, some people might not care for this. I know one of these Kalen doesn't give a shit about, but Hey, you know, that's the list, but like red dead redemption Two, huge game. When it came out persona five Royal, one of the biggest JRPGs that came out in the last little while, metal gear solid five, God of war, the new complete reboot to it. Last of us part two uncharted four. And that's all that generation. If we look at like, what's, the biggest things now that aren't remakes or remasters you're looking at Baldur's Gate 3 which is really really good Elden Ring which did really really well but after that you've got God of War Ragnarok sequel you've got 
like a Dragon Infinite sequel. You got Forza Horizon 5 sequel. You got Street Fighter 6 sequel. Diablo 4 sequel. Alan Wake 2 sequel. So like there is a bit like in a, and granted a lot of these that I just listed were also sequel. It seems like it's a lot of sequelitis that's going on here to, to for lack of a better word. So like originality hasn't been a big part of this generation although I could say that it hasn't really been in the prior generation. But like as it stands yeah. right now, I think I'd probably look at this generation as being decent but up against last year's or last generation it's nowhere near being close up to snuff however again we are keeping in mind that only half of this console's generation's gone through so far yeah i think there's like an issue though to be said like i don't even think it's a quantity issue like i don't think we have a lot of games for where we're at with this system like i think of playstation exclusives and like the ones that come to mind are um like there is horizon forbidden west God of War. I mean, Final Fantasy 16, I guess, is a big one. We got like those are the those are really the only like, am I missing any of the big Spider-Man exclusive? Spider-Man 2. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're looking at exclusive, though, it almost feels like this generation seems to be the point where like exclusives aren't necessarily the du jour anymore. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's a, a shame from both sides because PlayStation has made its bread and butter on, hey, we are the AAA exclusive machine, and they're not quite delivering on that promise. I mean, um, it's, I'd still say they are, but like not to the extent that I think we hope they would continue to. But yeah. also now that for, we know, for example, that we're not going to see any new like existing IP, major IP, until at least after March 2025... That now mm-hmm. has this opening where it's like, sure, there's room for something completely new to come to come in there and completely shock us and and really hit the floor running. But like, when you do the math, after a while, it's like there's not a lot else that they can really do. So really, it's going to be a lot of third party games that are going to sell most of the year now. But if you think about it, like, you think about the PlayStation Three or even the PlayStation Four generation, right? Like PlayStation Four, we got um, Last of Us Part Two, we got um, Uncharted Four. And did we like those are the two big ones from Naughty Dog in the span of the PlayStation 4 generation? We have not gotten a, a true Naughty Dog original in the PlayStation 5 era. And with them canceling factions, like there is a strong possibility we won't see a Naughty Dog game on the PlayStation 5. Similarly, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch released a Ghost of Tsushima back in, I think, 20, 2019. And like uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. And we've not seen one yet. It's been five years, and we don't even have an announcement of Ghost of Tsushima 2. Well, like, it what has Sucker Punch been like, Again, we're talking about these... They're getting too big on budgets, and it's just it's causing these games to take way too long now. Like That's where like all these indie games and third-party games mm-hmm. are coming in to shine, like a Helldivers who is now coming in and just mm-hmm. wrecking because mm-hmm. it's just a solid game that people are just like, oh, I'll go play that, and then when there's nothing else to come out, like what are you going to do? Play the quadruple A skull and bones now? Like, yeah. What is foam there? Stars. We're guys, foam stars. That's where everybody is. There we go. But well, like, and that's so the like, my... too, like with the, with factions, like again, because so many of these games now, because business is getting in the way of, of quality is that we're getting all these games that should be good games. But the problem is, is they're being designed to be nothing more than money milkers. So these games, basically, if they do launch, they die immediately. Or they realize really quickly, oh, crap, we put a team on this that has no idea how to make these kinds of games because only, like, a few studios actually do it well and the rest fail, as we keep seeing. 
and all this time we're wasting money and then nothing happens and then these games go out to die and now we're sitting here looking like why are our profits not as good as we thought they would be Mm -hmm. but even like so if, if we put playstation aside xbox is not in a much better place and they have their own problems because the xbox series x let's be honest or sorry xbox one that w- that one sucked. Like that one was a failure. The Xbox One, um, nothing no really came out of that. In that generation, did I even consider buying one of them? Right, not right. even and, but, close. And Xbox was good about it that they kind of. I mean, they can't come out and be like, "Hey, we screwed up," but they kind of came out and said, "Like, hey, we're reassessing, we're reevaluating, retooling," and we get the Xbox Series X and S. And what have they shown for that? With all the acquisitions that they've built, with all of the like studios that they've developed and that they've brought either purchased or built. What do they show for? Like, no offense. I mean, Starfield, I loved and Starfield is great, but it's not setting the world on fire. Redfall is a complete disaster. Hi-Fi Rush sure is good. Like I have my gripes with it, but, and I'll recognize it is a good game, but it is not a massive exclusive that's going to be a system seller. Like, yeah, like if we're talking like the the major games, because I wouldn't even consider Hi-Fi Rush a major Xbox game. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I would put a major Xbox game in this generation if I had to do a top whatever list. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if, if Starfield cracks top 20. No, so like I think the only one that they really have to show for is Horizon, um, uh, Forza Horizon. Like that's really the only one that I think most people would agree is a system seller, right? Halo and that's, and that's assuming you're into racing games because that's still its right own it's a niche audience and stuff and like microsoft flight simulator is good too but once again those are niche audiences they don't have a system seller that they need to and so my question is like what does microsoft have to show after almost let's let's assume we're halfway through the xbox series x like what do they have to show for a console and a half of time like hellblade like hellblade's not out yet and that game has been showing for how long and like it's not even going to be a long game when it comes out and not that it needs to be but it's just like you spent how much time developing this for a short experience and i'm for scaling back i've been a huge proponent of scaling back games but we need to dial like if we're going to scale back the the scope of the game then we need to dial back as well the time that it takes to make it right it shouldn't take 10 years to build a hellblade 2 that's let's say six hours right like that's less than an hour a year so yeah it just it kind of does beg the question like business wise what you know, a lot of these major companies are going to start doing because I have a, like, I don't, we don't really know as much as much as we could on all these statistics for like what's making what or whatnot, but it, it generally does feel like a lot more than ever businesses are claiming like they're not making as much money as they used to. Now, to be fair, I don't trust most things that come out of the mouth of a CEO or a shareholder these days. But that being said, I've never seen more often than ever all these companies talking about not hitting targets or whatever, or all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So it gives me the impression that there's a lot of games that are either they're spending way too much money on, whether it's time or whether it's just overall, like the amount of money being put into its production in terms of like how, you know, they're maybe over like spending a lot of extra money on voice acting, spending a lot of extra money on the graphics or spending a lot of extra money on PR or whatever else they're doing. And it's getting to a point now where it's like, again, I, we keep going back to it because, well, we love it so goddamn much right now. But like Helldivers, I can't imagine cost nearly as much to make. And they have on Steam alone 400,000 concurrent players, which you know is a shit ton of money. Yeah. Well, if you just could take the assumption that let's say it's a $50 game. Let's say for simplicity, because I'm bad at math and I'm in Canada, let's say $50 a game 
at four hundred thousand, like how many? Like how much is that? Pulling up a calculator. I mean, millions. Yeah, we're we're yeah. talking like a good, like twenty million. I think just shy. Oh, I'm thinking of because I saw this set so, before and it was hell di- like hell divers. Let's let's say hell divers. You know, pure just like pure revenue, not um profit. Like if they sold, wait, that doesn't make any sense. That's wrong. Give me a second. Do you even calculate, bro? Apparently not. Uh, so let's say we're just going with Steam users. Let's say we're fifty dollars a pop. Uh, at forty four hundred thousand units, that's twenty million dollars yeah. right there. Right. And I like that's not including PlayStation sales. Right. And like, so do we assume. think that that game even costs $20 million to make? I really doubt that. So, yeah. like, on Steam alone, I would imagine they've made a profit. And that's not even mm-hmm. counting all its PlayStation sales, which we don't really get to see numerically because that's not mm-hmm. really a stat that we can track, I don't think. So, like, even if you assume it's the same, so that's 800,000. And you know, like, just because it says 400 concurrent on Steam doesn't mean oh, it's only 400 people that have bought it. You can guarantee at this point, I think, that over a million people have bought this game. Mm-hmm. So I think they've done very well with that. And that game in no way could have taken, could have like cost nearly as much as like what most games are these days. Now, granted, not every game is going to be a smaller developed game that does a million buys. But that being said, not every game also needs to be three digit million games, right? Like, yeah. there's so many games now that are coming up where it's like, I. I like this game to death, but there's no way this needed to be to cost as much as it does now. Like there needs to be something that changes. Well, I think one of the things is like if like Spider-Man two supposedly had a budget of $300 million to make and no offense. Does that seem like a $300,000 game? Like I like it a million, no. 300 million to, to develop. Like it, it looks, shouldn't. it looks, it looks like a it looks like a sequel to Spider-Man One, which was not a bad looking game. But like, I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, does it need to have like I don't know where that money went. Like, and that's kind of the problem is right? we don't really know what that means because at the same time, like on the outside, I also want to go. I hope a good chunk of that is to the people that are making it and getting paid well. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like you have no idea where all that's being allocated towards. For all you know, it's friggin' you know, 50% of it's all budget for all the PR that they do because every company feels like they need to shove a game down your throat to get you to buy it. Whereas it's like how today, every time I see a Coca-Cola ad, I'm like, guys, we know Coca-Cola exists. I think you can stop for a moment. (laughs) But instead, like, yeah, what what, what, what are the odds, right? (laughs) See, he already knows. He doesn't need to be told. Like, I am the ad. Marketing needs to exist and stuff, but I think, like, one of the problems is that, like, just once again, it is like development creep like did spider-man one need to have a graphical update for the ps5 i don't think so like y- the models looked great like there was not much that needs to be done you know they made it bigger in the sense that like now you've got the boroughs outside of manhattan can any of you guys distinguish what one borough was compared to another like yes. aside from i think <laughs> I mean, I think aside from like, um, like Coney Island and like the that area, like I don't think any like I couldn't distinguish one neighborhood from the other. You couldn't have just been like, hey, look, we added a fish market. Like, okay, cool. Like, uh, they added a, a part where you could go into like Alaska. Come on, or the Arctic, or wherever it was. Yeah, for, I like, just like ten seconds. <laughs> I just like it's like you guys are putting this much work on yourselves. It doesn't need to be. If you said, hey, it's Spider Man. Still set in Manhattan, like cool. 
or like Long Island or like I don't know my geography down there, but like well, yeah, Spider-Man I mean, if you place. compared to Marvel games like with Midnight Suns, like it pretty much reuses the same really like 20 maps. Mm hmm. Like oh, you yeah. have the main, have... you have the main area where you do most of the most of the hub world stuff, but most of the actual like battle maps, like most of them are pretty well recycled. Oh, it's yeah. more the gameplay that sells it, which is again like, and I've made this comment before, especially with open world games. These worlds need to stop being so big because I don't understand what like gamers, please enlighten me. A map as big as what Cyberpunk's is or what Skyrim's even was or what like Assassin's Creed Valhalla was. Explain to me why we need maps that big. Does that really enrich the game? Because I play games like Hi-Fi Rush, which are all level based. They ain't that big. And I felt like I got a pretty good game out of that. I don't feel like... Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah, like I don't feel like games... It's it just goes back to what we've said before. Like we need to scale these things down. It doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, you can't have like large worlds, but like... If we're going to do these, you need to find ways to make them more efficient and you need to find ways to make them more lifeful to justify them. Because a lot of these budget costs are going to empty, shallow worlds that don't do anything. Like, no offense, Starfield, most of your content is fucking meaningless. You could have easily done, like, seven or eight planets with the same amount of worlds... And you would have you would have probably cut your costs in like a at least a third. Well, that's yeah. what like that's what the is it outer wild. I always get the two. Yeah, like, outer, outer wilds is like the wilds. obsidian space one. Yeah, there's outer, or worlds outer, outer worlds. Sorry, not outer wilds. Outer, world. outer worlds. Like outer worlds did that where it was like a couple planets. You jump back and forth between the two. Like it, it needs it's to. It's a lot to, of empty land. It doesn't need to be a solar. It doesn't need to be a so like it doesn't need to be a galaxy. It needs to be a solar system. That's what it is, right? Like, well, I mean. <sighs> It's like, even for example, like Mass Effect 1 versus Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 1 has all of these planets where you just drive around on your vehicle and it's just dead land. Whereas 2, it was, you land on very specific areas. There are some areas that are much bigger. And then there's like these small missions. I was going to say, I don't make the argument that the probing of the planets was a better experience. No, no, no. But like that wasn't like, that probably didn't cost nearly as much money as all of these shallow, empty planets did. So, agreed. So, like, there is a difference. There, there is a way to have a game that has a lot of areas, but there's also a way to do it where it doesn't require you to spend all of this time mapping out and finely tuning these little areas and making them beautiful. Hogwarts Legacy did not need to be that big. You could have very easily cut the map in half. And then if you need to go into like a cave or any other dungeon, teleport magic of cutscenes solves the problem. You literally have magic in your game. It's Hogwarts. Yeah, it's like, literally it. magic. Just use it. Oh, like, Oh, flu powder. I'm there. Crazy. But like that, and that's it, the thing. Like there's this, there's this overgrowing, like need apparently for people to just have these a massive worlds to play into which I go, what do you do? I love cyberpunk's world, but a good chunk of that game is me either fast traveling or driving aimlessly listening to the same music over and over again, seeing the same sights over and over again. What is that doing to me? If I want to see the same sights over and over again, I'll just get in my own car. And you're not even and you're not even looking at the thing. You're literally just following the yellow line or the map yeah. telling you where to go. Like yeah. even um, like even Forza Horizon, but at least that game is just supposed to be driving. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally the game. <laughs> I just I, I look at my I look at my gaming shelf, right? And I've got a shelf uh, I got a section for PlayStation 3 and it is like 
three, four shelves long, right? I look at my PlayStation, it's like three shelves long. And granted, I had a kid when the PlayStation 5 came out, so my mileage may vary for other external circumstances, but PlayStation 5 doesn't even have a shelf yet. Like, it's not even a full one layer of shelf. And if we're halfway through, like, that's not a good indication of what this console generation looks like. And I mean, I love my PlayStation. I love my Xbox Series X, but like, I don't feel it's living up to the promise that we, or the the promise or the implication of what we thought it was going to be when we joined it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like I think the generation as a whole is is going to be remembered fondly. I don't know if the consoles are. I think that's the difference. I think like Hmm. the full library of the entire industry is going to be looked upon well, but Hmm. like if you literally just nitpick the exclusives i think that's a whole different conversation right now yeah 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 i I think 2023 is going to be remembered as one of like the greatest years in gaming like i've seen a lot of articles where people are like oh 2002 craziest year i think 2023 is going to be included in that list do i think it'll mention a ps5 specifically an xbox specifically not really i think it's mostly just going to be like as a whole we got so many crazy games huge surprises like Baldur's Gate, like that kind of thing. But it's mm. going to be more about those specific games than anything to do with the consoles. And in fact, I think that when people look back on this generation, like, oh, what's the craziest thing that happened? I think we're going to remember like a Steam Deck came out and all of a sudden PCs became like handhelds, which changed the space for a bit. Um, Game Pass started to make it where you weren't buying games. It was a subscription and it caused PlayStation to kind of do the same thing. And the I'm landscape kind of changed with that. Like it's going to be all these like interesting things that happened in the industry um versus like oh yeah like system seller this system seller that i think another big issue is because of all the costs with all these games and the huge amount of time and everything i think gaming's starting to go the way of hollywood like i think they're trying to play it safe take an ip that already exists make jurassic park 7 it people will go see it versus like making a new game or making a new movie in hollywood so that's why everything we're seeing is a sequel to a big blockbuster and it's shown like you have to see this if you don't go see this blockbuster game you're gonna miss out um and i mean xbox i guess has tried a couple things like i think playstation tried with helldivers i don't think that was like oh yeah it's gonna be our blockbuster i don't think they advertised it anywhere near the same they did with spider-man god of war Mm -hmm. i think it actually took sony by surprise and it was more like we have this ip let's make a smaller game on the side we could use a couple live service games on the system and this would be a good one like i think this was an accident for them honestly not the 100 percent was like i still think it would have done well not like if you honestly like ask me like what do you think the max player concurrent base on on steam's gonna be you know a couple of weeks into this game i would have told you maybe at most a hundred thousand yeah at most yeah oh and, 100%. and i think and i think if you really like i would have looked at the original hell divers and saw it was like six thousand was its peak and i said eh, maybe like 50 to 75 probably seven seventy five thousand because i mean yeah. there was like a bit more buzz around it and I think also like the trailers were very well received. So I think a lot of people were like, oh, that looks kind of cute. Okay, maybe I'll take a look at that at some point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, and Xbox has had the odd thing that they've done on the side. Like, obviously, there's that Pentiment game we were just talking about. Like, that's just them letting a couple developers do their own thing. Hi-Fi Rush. I guess Redfall was them trying something new. Starfield. But even then, like, again, it's not like Starfield was Xbox's idea. 
Bethesda was already working on that, and then Microsoft came in and bought them. So it's, it's so even that can't be really credited to them. So sure, they're trying some small things, but I still think again they're trying to really play it safe, um, and it kind of shows. So they're not taking any big risks and putting out these other big games. They'll put out small ones, Hi-Fi Rush, small and cheap, Pentiment, small and cheap, um, to develop ish. And I only I don't mean cheap in the sense that they're cheap in quality or anything. I just mean if you compare it to the Low cost. Risk to make low risk and just low cost to produce versus a halo that's expected to be the biggest game ever made. And even that had to go open world, right? Um, so I think a lot of like Sony's big ones are still paying off. God of War was great. Spider-Man was great, that kind of stuff. But now it's so spread out and we're going to end up with a lot less games because of that cost and they don't want to lose it. So it's like, well, we'll put all our eggs in this bas basket. We'll have a couple small things come out. Um, yeah, like there's same a with genuine that. possibility that this year, when we get to the Game of the Year nominees at the Game Awards, that there isn't a PS or Xbox exclusive. Rise of Ronin nomination. I'm banking yep. on Rise of Ronin. But like yeah, that's, that's kind like, of crazy that's to think about right now. Yeah, and if you don't count Helldivers because they did a simultaneous PC launch, it's hard. I don't know if I always include PC because PC then there's no such thing as an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, but like, even, no, no. even with We're like my bias, I don't think Helldivers will get that. The, the closest we might get is like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but I don't even consider that to be an exclusive because it technically is, but it's not a Sony studio that's making it. It's not a first party, yeah. That's why I'm thinking Helldivers might be the only thing that's like a but Sony. Even Helldi no, Helldivers isn't a first party studio. Arrowhead oh, is not third. Oh, Arrowhead's not was... first party yet. You bet uh, that my, like, oh, yeah, PlayStation is rolling up with the money vans. Just throw on money until they say yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. And then we're going to get Helldivers 3 for the PSVR and no one's going to play it. Yeah, I just made sure to check. Yeah, it's just Sony Entertainment published it. And Arrowhead They're the is, publisher. Is, yeah. so okay. it's, not, it's not a... Oh, it's not even first party. Oh, jeez. No. Wow. I thought that they, after Helldivers 1, I had my I had my info messed up in my head. No, this so, is yeah, how much so of a sleeper hit that this one. is. Yeah. There yeah. won't be a PlayStation first party at the Game Awards, because if they don't... I doubt they're right. going to have anything releasing this year that's first party. Party is Rise of the like, Ronin? No, Rise of the Ronin is Bandai Namco. No, yeah, that's Bandai yeah. Namco, right? There's like, who's making Concord? No, Concord might not even have a like. There's Marathon, there's Concord, but I don't think those have 2024 release dates. No, like, I mean, I guess like with Microsoft, like their best shot, assuming it's coming out this year, is Hellblade, and I don't know if that'll do it. But I mean, it might be the only one they have that's just released. Hellblade will get like art and stuff, like best art direction or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that comes out in May. But yeah, yeah, I think that's the only Xbox exclusive I can even think of that's first party. And Xbox has like 3,012 developers or different studios. Like, where where are they? What are they doing? Like, yeah, this like, is what... Like, right crazy. now for, for games, like, if we even think of, like, nominees, like, the only two that right now I think would stand out as potential at this point is Tekken 8 and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And I don't know if either of them will stick by the end of the year, but like, we also don't really know if there's any heavy hitters that could even take a spot right now. A lot of it seems to be... Divers. What's that? Helldivers is going to get it. I I really don't think it... Like, I love that game to death. I don't think it's... It, might, it has a pretty good shot of winning best multiplayer game, but that's oh. also, again, does it... Does the vibes keep going all the way into the end of the year? Because this is only February, so. Skull and Bones. You're right. That Skull makes and sense. Bones. Ubisoft's taking it. 
Like, I'm trying to go back into the release schedule and even see if there's anything that, like, obviously, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to get, unless, like, something really bad happens to it, I can't imagine that one not being in the conversation, at least. Well, here's the other thing. Like, talk about Sony PlayStation 2. What the hell has Sony been doing? Like, that, that, the last thing they released was Days Gone in 2019. It's been six years. What are they doing? Yeah. I don't know. Now, the only, the only like, like I don't know. Someone's probably been yelling at us the entire podcast. The only <laughs> thing is, they said there's no sequel to major IP. Now, the only thing I could think that would change my whole opinion on what's going on is Sony comes out and says, "Hey, we got a whole bunch of new IPs coming out now." Like, that's the only like caveat or the I could see themselves having is that like, hey, no sequels, but here's a whole bunch of cool new IP. But do we think they're all coming in the next ten months? No. No. Or more like nine, because let's be honest, most games that come out in December aren't going to be high quality. So really, we've got another like really eight months at this point now, almost. Now, the only caveat I also have is they're saying like the PlayStation 5 is in its like latter half. Do you think if they release like because there's a rumor going around right now that they're going to be announcing a PlayStation 5 Pro. Would they count that as part of PlayStation 5 and being in its latter years? Yeah, it would be part of its life cycle yeah. in the same way that, like, the PS4 yeah. Pro would have been. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I looked at all the releases. Like, I have three games that are that are announced with a date right now that I think could have a conversation down the road. So, like, mm-hmm. Rise of the oh, Ronin. Oh, Indiana Jones? Rise of the Ronin. Well, no, that actually have a date. Like, the oh. official date. Uh, actually, sorry, four. So Rise of the Ronin, which I'm still not on, like, not 100% on board having, like, that level conversation. But none of these technically do to me. They're all just like, they might. But, like, Dragon's Dogma 2, which a lot of people have been really raving and excited about, so that has a, has a chance to get some interest. I think because of low-key, in the same way that, like, some other games seem to do that, I think Stellar Blade low-key has a chance yes. to do something really interesting. Yeah, I was hoping mm-hmm. you were going to say Stellar Blade because that's no. one of the ones even I've got my eyes on. And then Hellblade 2. Like, th- those four are the ones that I'm looking at the list here that I sit there and be like, those could potentially be in the conversation if they re- if they release well. Beyond that, they're all, like, they'll they'll come out of nowhere and do stuff because, like, I, I scroll, I'm scrolling again. Oh, sorry, and Rebirth. I forgot to mention Rebirth. But um, most of these other games are just, like, a lot of them just feel either indie or like third party, like, you know, B tier games. Like, I don't feel like there's anything obvious yet. Like there isn't that one release, like say a Marvel's Wolverine or, or um, like, I guess we said, like, like if a Halo game was being made or anything, like anything that really makes us go, Ooh, that doesn't really exist right now. Now, granted that's because this year has been very weird and no one seems to want to tip their hand beyond April at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, we never know what's going to happen, but at this point, we did, it, it's uh, not as promising, but that's again, because there's so much unknown. I did have one of our, one of my friends who listens to the show point out that we did say that 2023 was looking to be a weak year. We did around this time last year. We did. Oh, so, we did. Oh, so that's to be fair, embarrassing. Th- this is us just <laughs> manifesting this into the universe that if this yeah, year turns into a banger, you're welcome. We yes, helped you to make welcome. this one of the best years ever. We jump on our sword to make sure that you have a great game in here. <laughs> yeah. But yep. again, we're only working with what we have in front of us, right? So and I, and Atomic I, and Heart. I probably said it back then too, where it's like, I don't look, talk with that. we don't know what's there. So how are we going to make it seem like it's going to be a good year? It doesn't look like it because it doesn't seem like there's anything out there that's going to tip the needle. And then Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 came in and just went, bam! Yeah, that was, 
jeez. That is just that, so I certainly didn't like, I mean, it'll, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I mean, Baldur's Gate hasn't been relevant in how many years? And then Larian was like, fuck off, we got this. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 2 came out in the 90s. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's been a, a while. <laughs> like, I genuinely looked at that game when I first saw it announced and went, oh, this is like a bad rehash of trying to get it back into the ether. Yeah. That did not age well, that thought. Not at all. Nope, but I love always eating crow. It's it's the best when I get to eat crow when I have a bad take for, for yep. like a game not being good. I keep saying it. I have no problem being wrong when it means a game is so much better than I thought. We should just say everything is going to be bad because whatever we say is bad ends up being good. And anything we praise like Atomic Heart ends up being bad. I so don't we know. just No, no, no. Kalen was saying Atomic Heart was going to be <laughs> I never praised. I predicted. There's a difference. Hey, I was like, wow, this looks like Bioshock. And then I don't think it's it Bioshock. It looks like Bioshock and the guys who made like Doom. Like, <laughs> how do you miss? Look, I said in the beginning, Helldivers 2 is going to be amazing. I was not wrong. <laughs> yeah, we weren't. Yeah, you weren't wrong. I mean, about look, that. look, if, if, if Chris, you and I collectively go Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is going to be one of the best games this year and it ends up falling flat on its ass. OK. Yeah, that'll be a hard one to swallow, but I'm pretty sure we're right on that one. <laughs> the curse is real. Curse is real. But to be I fair, we've 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 talked shit about a lot of games. Has Skull and Bones done anything really good rating wise? I think that one we were right on. <laughs> I think it's just there. I don't even know if it's awful or it's just like there's well, it's so a many 63 better. on Metacritic, so I'm gonna go on a limb and saying it's not good. <laughs> no, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Anyways, we'll have to see how this console generation plays out. So hopefully, hoping for the best, but we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, but, we've got plenty you know of time. Know- like, there's there's at least three years to go. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe this year is not going to be, like, the, like, super exclusive hype train that, you know, again, E3's gone, so we're not really going to see that anymore anyway. But, uh, I don't know, 2025, if they're saving a lot of stuff for, for next year, I don't know, that might mean next year might be uh, another 2023 with how much might be coming out. Who knows? Yeah, 2025 year might be a banger. But you know what's not a banger, or the, it's a banger right now? This podcast. So thank you so much, for ladies and gentlemen, for checking us out. If you like that, you want to hear more, we've got new episodes every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we also do a weekly bonus show on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out. If you're listening to us and you haven't subscribed, what the hell are you doing? Go on. Stop what you're doing. Put the like, put your kid down. Like, Stop the dog. Yeah, you see? Chris is tapping the glass. I can't stop, stop what I'm doing because then the show will stop recording. Well, you're fine. I'm not talking to you. Wait, have you not subscribed yet? Damn it, Adam! <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, if you have, one thing you can do is leave a comment, leave a like. I don't know how it helps the algorithm, but it does. Uh, just get us out there. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you for listening to us. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. <laughs>